Chris and Chris Talk Movies. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Ferry, and of course, this is my co-host. My name is Chris Uddleston. And today we are very excited to be talking to you about the relatively recent film. I think this came out last year. 2021. 2021. Very recent film. German film. I am your man. Der, das ist kein Mann. Das ist ein Roboter. Die testen mich, scannen mein Gehirn. Multiple Choice, ohne Ende. Und was kommt dann dabei raus? Dein Traumpartner ist ja schon für dich gebaut. Pass mal auf, Tom. Ich bin nicht auf der Suche nach einem Partner. Ich gehöre zu den Leuten, die euch drei Wochen testen und dann ein Gutachten schreiben. Und an Liebe bist du gar nicht interessiert. 0,0. etwas, wovon 93 Prozent der deutschen Frauen träumen. Dann kommst du vielleicht selber drauf, zu welcher Gruppe ich gehöre. Guten Morgen. Ich weiß nicht, ob es Ihnen auffällt, aber Sie behandeln Tom wie eine Maschine. Woran liegt das Ihrer Meinung nach? Dass er eine Maschine ist? Unterschätzen Sie ihn vielleicht? Also, wie ist das jetzt mit deinem Schwanz? Das ist also der Schwanz, den ich mir wünsche. Anscheinend. Es gibt einen Graben zwischen uns. Ich gehe jetzt zurück und dann werde ich gelöscht. Heißt das bei euch nicht? Liebe überwindet alle Grenzen. Sonst wer kann doch sprechen, oder? Tom ist ein freundlicher Roboter. Sag mal, hat er mich jetzt gerade verarscht? War einfach so naheliegend. Do you have a synopsis for us, Mr. Huddleston? I do. And this film, as you said, German film, directed by Maria Schrader, stars Marin Eggert. I don't, I don't know if that pronunciation is correct. M-A-R-E-N. Uh, and Dan, English actor Dan Stevens, in a twist. Uh, And the synopsis is such, in order to obtain research funds for her studies, a scientist accepts an offer to participate in an extraordinary experiment. For three weeks, she is to live with a humanoid robot created to make her happy. And the robot is Dan Stevens. Okay, what did you, what did, tell us, uh, give us some thoughts. So just, I will absolutely do so. Little uh, procedural stuff. We spoil these films. So if you want to see- new movie it, and probably underseen, I would say. Uh, yeah. I think it was nominated Especially. for Best Foreign Film, actually, for the Oscars. But I might not be right about that. But I think it was. Um, so we do spoil them. Uh, I had not seen it prior to this, and neither had you. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. What I thought of it, I, I really liked it. I'm a, I'm a Dan Stevens fan. Um, I didn't know any of the other actors are German, I presume. Um, it's all in German with subtitles in English. Um, I like the general topic, like when you were like, oh, it's a woman in a humanoid robot. That's so it's so like, what is it to be human? We're talking we talk about replicants and the movie Her and AI and what is sentience. And I'm really into that topic so 
from the get-go when you're like oh it's got dan stevens in it and he's a human robot that you know this woman is living with you you did I'm the like, rick and morty i'm sold i'm in <laughs> son of a bitch i'm in <laughs> and uh yeah i really enjoyed it it did surprise me in a number of ways it was a little different than i expected it to be which is great i like to be surprised um realizing as I say this, that this doesn't mean anything. The thought I had a number of times is this is very German. <laughs> it's a very German sensibility. It's complicated. It's fraught. Um, it's very philosophical. And, you know, uh, I had the thought several times that the movie, uh, the movie, the, the play Shakespeare's Hamlet is very popular in Germany, because mm. it, you know, there's sort of uh, the angst and the struggling over what does it mean to be alive and the philosophy of it and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my that's my two bit first blush. What, how did, what did you think of it? Yeah, so um, it uh, it's really interesting. I um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you as you said, I really like Dan Stevens as well. And uh, it's it's shocking. I don't know if shocking is the right term or not, but and not being a G German speaker, his German seemed great. We have some German listeners. So if anybody German or who lives in Germany is listening to this, I'm curious as to they do a neat thing where uh, so the a little more kind of to flesh out the what the story is. So the robot has been developed to, it's supposed to be like her ideal man or her ideal partner. And she immediately rejects, you know, she doesn't want to do it. It's, uh, <clears throat> and so we have this kind of almost typical romantic comedy, even though this is, you know, this is soft sci-fi, if that's a term. Uh, you know, it's not sci-fi with robots and spaceships. Oh, well, it's robots, but not laser beams and spaceships. Uh, you know, there's not really special effects in this film for the most part. Right. It's essentially um, our time, but in a near enough future that they've created this technology. Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, but you have this kind of romantic comedy conceit of the you know, the main character has to not, not like the love interest or not want to fall in love with the love interest. And then it's like, oh, at the, you know, at the, the end or, you know, are they going to fall? Is she going to fall in love with him, this robot? Um, and that's a really, you know, you're, you're turning that a little bit on its head because it's, you know, can you love a machine essentially? Um, but with the German aspect of it, they, and I don't know if this was to maybe explain the fact that he is not a native German speaker. They, uh, it's like they've added into the programming to make him, I think it was to make him feel a little bit foreign. Cause I think that was, I think they said that was something that she liked was, you know, someone to be a little bit foreign. So he speaks German, but with an English accent, which I thought that was a really neat you know, a little touch. And I, I read up on that a little bit, you know, does he, did he learn German for this film? Well, 
he was he had learned German at some point in school or whatever um, and was pretty much fluent, but then was and but then practiced a bunch for this film. And they said the he basically he and the director had kind of a rule that uh, they would while they were filming, they would always speak German to help him essentially practice. But he said Germans speak such great English that as soon as they would cut, then they would just speak English, <laughs> you know, so, which I thought that was, you know, that was, they would just immediately speak English to him, uh, which, which I thought that was interesting, but I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it, <laughs> you know, it, it, it brings up a lot of questions and it, and it had me thinking, you know, they don't really, so her, um, everybody loves him basically, like every, everyone that she, introduces to him thinks he's just fantastic and and some know that he's a robot and some you know they never they just think he's a person that's how amazing this technology is that you, you basically can't tell that this isn't a human you know in, unless you know um and i think that's a really in a, in a strange way it made me think of the matrix you know the scene in the matrix where the guy i forget what that character's name is but he's eating the steak and he's like, I, I know the steak isn't real, but I don't care, you know? And it's like, if you had a partner that was just created for you and, you know, he would even, it was, it was almost like the programming would almost be, you know, if he's too agreeable, he could, he could disagree with her some or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm kind of rambling, but what did you think? No, no, I, I see. I was sort of expecting a very effective standard rom-com that ran a little deeper than mm -hmm. your sort of standard early nineties, Matthew McConaughey fair, you know? Uh, and I think, I think it was more, much more complex than that. Um, Dan Stevens's robot is, I mean, he's very human and relatable, but he is also quite robot. You know, he does some physical things. At one point he turns and it's his head and his shoulders. And so they've, they've picked these moments moments to visually remind us that he's a robot. There's a lot of him almost like a dog, you know, turning his head to look at things. You yes. Know? And processing, you know, they're showing him processing stuff. Um, as he continues to get to know her and get better, we start to see some glimmers of what feel like true humanity in him. Like when, so, you know, she's, let's take one step back because she's a very depressed person. Like she's um, professional and she's functional. And we know that she was in a relationship not too long ago because, you know, we meet the guy at the office that she used to be with. And then we find out that, you know, he's moving in with someone else that's sort of a little shock to her. And then we find out that this other woman is pregnant with his child and he is abashed that he didn't tell her sooner. And what what comes clear is that the two of them had gotten pregnant together and lost the child, lost the pregnancy and whether or not that was the result of the breakup or she was depressed about it. And that's what it, we're, we're not exactly sure of the details of why those two aren't together anymore. But 
she's working through a lot of stuff and you know it's it's trauma and she's it's emotional but but we begin to see a woman who's very intelligent and very competent and accomplished and very cerebral but also i think i mean you're the psychology major but uh i think pretty clearly clinically depressed mm-hmm. it seems and and an atheist, a self-professed atheist who rebels against this, the very idea, like she d- wouldn't even do this if it weren't, if she weren't, you know, coerced by all these other great research opportunities and funding and stuff to be like, look, it's only three weeks. Just, we need you to write a review of it. You know, if you, if you think it's a bad idea and you, you know, then by all means write that, but do the full, live with this thing for three weeks. And there's no obligation. It's designed to be her life partner. So the implicit understanding is that, you know, it's a sexual partner as well, although there's no obligation, you know, on her to sleep with it. Um, But it is, you know, it's a very intimate thing to have this, what you know is an object, but looks and mostly acts like a man. So she puts him in a little closet and she's constantly, and I thought in, in really well done ways, she's, she constantly uh, takes it out on him. Like she's, she's cruel, verbally cruel to him a number of times. It's to the tune of, you know, you're just an object. Why do I keep talking to you? And you can't feel anything, you know? And he doesn't, you know, there isn't anything that shows him having hurt feelings. He's processing it and he'll try things that were ham handed at first, like a bath with rose petals and candles, you know, and that it's absolutely the wrong thing for her. And she tells him so. But what's neat watching his performance is we see him get better in the way that like if you teach Siri or Alexa or whatever, it will, it will improve at, at understanding what you mean and, and anticipating what you're going to want. And so does Dan Stevens robot. But by the end, she's finally, she's finally decided she's had enough. She does, she does sleep with him. And then the next morning, it's just, that's just too intense for her to have had such a human experience with a thing she cannot bring herself to believe is human. So she sends him away. And he says, where will I go? <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I thought that was a lovely moment. I mean, he's not begging for his life. Right? He also says to her, you know, I, when I go back to the factory, they'll erase me. And he's not trying to cajole her into keeping she, He's just trying to make clear. It's like, you don't, you don't need to worry about me. I'll cease to exist which makes it so it's a lovely performance from from her because she really does despite herself she comes to be attached to him mm-hmm. and i think the ending is particularly interesting because it isn't so they're apart and he doesn't go back to the factory and then you think oh my is he going rogue or what no he's gone to this place that she told him about and after a few days she sort of figures out well if he didn't go back to the factory cuz his sort of handler shows up who it turns out is also a robot. I yeah, thought which you don't touch. know. Until, That's a yeah. great touch. <laughs> uh, uh, 
and and doesn't know that she sent him away. So she's like, where is he? And he's not here. He's not with you. And she's like, why would he be with me? So she starts thinking, well, where did he go? And then it dawns on her. Oh, I bet I know where he is. And she drives out there and he's sitting on this table that she described outside. And she said, how long have you been there? He says, not long, but only about three days. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, how long are we going to sit here? And he's like, until you came. Mm-hmm. And they have this lovely little scene where she describes as a child in this place, her and a, another friend of hers, another girl, were both sort of smitten with this boy who came there for the summers. And she would lie here and he seemed to be more interested in the other friend, I guess. And they would always run off and do things together. And she said, I would lie here and imagine that he was coming. I'd lie here with my eyes closed and imagine that he was right above me about to kiss me because I kept wishing he'd come kiss me. And I would imagine it so hard that I could imagine him right there. And when I'd open my eyes, I was sure he would be right in front of my face. And then I would open my eyes and he wasn't there. And that's more or less the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So we don't get this kind of American rom-com. Oh, it's you. It's you. It's always been you. I could never live without you. Right. We don't get a conventional happy ending. We don't even get a very clear cut ending. She seems to still be working through this idea of. You know what? He is synthetic. But I have experienced moments of happiness with him. And also, I think we see profound moments of, the, of being in the uncanny valley, like yeah. of this being r- really strange, like knowing he's not a human. And yet, you know, having him bring her to orgasm, for example, it, it is so disconcerting to her in many ways. But I think my interpretation of the end is that maybe, maybe she's still kind of wrestling with it. That's kind of how I took it because she writes the the paper, the article or whatever, and she says, this is not good for society to have because if you if you have a companion that has created for you to you know, meet your every desire and your whims and everything, then eventually you're not going to want to be around regular humans because they're, you know, we have all kinds of flaws. Right. And, but it seems as if maybe we're not really exactly sure at the end, even though she's saying all that, she's maybe coming to the conclusion that, but maybe for me, it's okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought she, so right before writing the paper, she bumps into another, they have this sort of kickoff thing at a nightclub type place. And the woman explains, Oh, the very first meeting needs to be kind of over the top and larger than life. And it needs Mm -hmm. to be a memory building experience. So she recognizes a guy that she saw in the, in the place and he's got a female robot as a companion and she says, well, how's it, how's it going? And he's like, how's it going? And his, his, his answer is that he's never been happier, that this is incredible for him, that he just he's never feel- been able to connect to people, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. And he's, they thought he was strange or whatever. Yeah. And he's, it's, you know, he's a normal looking guy, but he's older and he's overweight and he's not a conventionally handsome person. And he's like, you know, I couldn't, I, could never find a partner. I never found love. And 
Um, and this is, this is fulfilling in ways that I've never experienced in my life, you know, and I think this, this should be available for everybody. It's a wonderful thing. And her argument is, it made me think that, that the character of Captain Kirk in one of the Star Trek movies, isn't there one where it's like Spock's brother is a kind of a God figure and he's, he's, he's solving everyone's problems or he takes away all of their pain and they're all just sort of, five, maybe Star Trek. Yeah, five. I think I mean, it's not, one that's not one of the best with that Shatner directed. But everybody's like you know, undiscovered country, country, maybe. Great, hey, Jim. You know, you got it. Why? You know, I've mm-hmm. never felt this good in my life. And 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 Captain Kirk has a monologue that's basically like, I need my pain, and he's defending being broken in certain ways. That's what drives me, and that's what made. That's what this speech made me think of, because I even at the time as a child, I was like. Really, I mean, given the choice of being happy and not having all of your hang ups or. Continuing the devil, you know, like business as usual, I mean, I think there's other things at play and he the, the, the character had ulterior motives and everything else, but the symptom was you let go of all of your baggage and you were just like, I don't know. It's, it doesn't bother me anymore. It's not eating at me anymore. And I was like, that would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you rather be happy? What is, she says to him like a Turing test early on, she's like, what's the meaning of life? And he says to make the world a better place, you know, yeah. and, and he didn't even, I mean, he's a robot, but there's no hesitation. And she actually, lots of times he responds in so frank a way that it gives her pause because he does not dissemble, you know, yeah, you're right. And the thing about it is watching it, they don't present much downside to this, really. You know, I mean, it's it's her her just personal hangups, if you if that's the, the correct uh, term, are what is holding her back from this. But there's not I kept kind of waiting for there to be a scene where he would at the very beginning of the movie he malfunctions and they're like oh you know we have to take him and you know we'll we'll fix him and then you know this happens you know very rarely and i thought there was going to be something where like he would you know squeeze her hand and hurt her or something you know what i mean i thought there was going to be some kind and that never really happens nothing like that and there's a really there's a really uh well-written scene i felt where he, you know, she's saying you, you, when she's talking about that, you know, more or less like this, this is just an illusion. And, and she's upset because she finds out that the, the ex-husband or the ex-boyfriend or whatever he was is now, you know, this other woman that he's with is now pregnant and she's upset about that. And she says, you know, you can never understand. And he explains it to her. He's like, well, you're upset because you wanted to have a child and you weren't able to, and now he's having a child with someone else and, and, you know, and you're getting older. So you might your not, age, it's unlikely that it you might not ever happen to you. So he, he's very matter of fact, she says, you make it sound so banal, you know, when, when he says it, but he, she's, you know, she's incorrect in that he understands emotions, which is, is really interesting that you know what i mean that it's yeah. like it's it's not even presented as like oh i'm i don't understand what love is or and you know he right. 
he he's at least able to explain everything. So, and, and I don't know, I just thought like, you know, there's little things and I could see how it would, it would be, you know, it could, it could definitely become annoying if you had this thing living with you, that's much smarter than what you are. And like, could, uh, you know, he rearranges sequence when she's testing him and she's like, what's 236,655 yeah. times, whatever, you know, divided by whatever. And he just rattles it off the answer, you know, <laughs> yeah. fun secrets. And he, he, um, and he, and, and he, he even seems kind of to learn from this, but, uh, the first day or night or whatever that he's in her, her apartment, he rearranges everything to make it like he organizes her. I noticed the books were all like arranged by color, you know, color. and, and so that would certainly, you know, that could, that could be annoying, but well, she's really hand, upset. And he goes, yeah, I, I need 11 minutes to put everything back precisely. <laughs> as it was. He's putting like newspapers on the floor and he's like, yeah. it will take me another moment to, uh, you know, to dirty the windows again. She's like, you can leave the windows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not all bad having somebody clean up your apartment. Well, and I, and I thought, you know, you, and they don't necessarily explore all these things, but I thought would, especially this woman who is really um, depressed and, you know, you don't know if she goes to a therapist or anything like that, but he could probably serve as a therapist as well. You know what I I mean? He does. I mean, he lets her. He He's kind he, of vent, he, sort of. Yeah. And she tells him candidly, all, like I say, almost it almost feels cruel how candid she is with him. Mm-hmm. And it does not seem to hurt his feelings at all. And he gives her his unvarnished and frank response, his take on on what she's told him. And a, a number of times through the film, it does seem to, you know, she sort of considers what he says and you see things kind of shifting around in there. I think when she writes, when we hear her in voiceover writing the like, this is a bad idea and this shouldn't be accepted into a, because if it's too easy for us, we'll never go seeking, right? If we have a partner that's perfect for us, we'll never go out and try to meet new people because Mm -hmm. all of our needs will be met. And I didn't find that convincing at all because I find just the opposite to to be true when I'm feeling depressed and lonely I don't go up and I'm like, I think I'll go out and mix. I'm like, I'm going to stay here and watch Netflix and bury myself under the covers. And like, I, I assume I sort of feel like I hate myself. So I assume everybody else is going to see that, see me that way too. Whereas when, you know, I'm in a relationship and, you know, I, I feel good about myself and I'm much more likely, I find being social, a little anxiety provoking, And when I feel good about myself and seen and heard and supported and validated, I'm much more capable and interested in going out and meeting new people and exploring new things. So I think it's, I think in some ways her argument is designed, is written to be kind of unconvincing. Yeah. And they end the story before we get what's a conventional happy ending. So I think if the movie went on for another half an hour or an hour at the pace, the time of the movie was moving, we might see her come around. And I think it's interesting to end the story there because it doesn't spoon Venus an answer. Um, And she's not there yet, but she's a lot closer than she was. And we find, you know, they're good performances. We want her to be happy. Right. 
And there doesn't seem to be any menace. There doesn't seem to be any no. menace to these machines. He doesn't inadvertently hurt her. And the, the glitch, he is sort of gets stuck on a, I think he's saying, ich bin, ich bin, I am, I am, right? Mm-hmm. Ich bin, ich bin, ich bin. And they kind of come and they tip him over and carry him away. Yeah. Data, like stuff like Data did when he would get rigid. Yeah. Oh, there's another bit too where her boss shows up and has never seen one of these things before. And is like poking and prodding him and pulling his hair. And he's like, wow, this is incredible. Right? And he's like, so this is the robot. And, and the guy's like, yes, I am. Dan Stevens is like, yes, I am, I robot. am the robot. <laughs> and then she leaves. She smiles and she leaves. And he's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Dan Stevens. Yeah. The guy's like, it, was he messing with me? <laughs> that was another great little like, yeah, layer of the robot that, was messing with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that the robot has understands humor and has a sense of humor and is just super charming. And, you know, I, it, that again, improves. it improves throughout the movie, too. That's the other really neat arc. And it's it's tricky to write that in a successful way, I think. But it really works. I I am another thing that I was thinking, I imagine there are people who so he's one of the things that he sort of lacks in his programming is he's not argumentative and she gets upset a little bit at that. And he, and he says, well, I, you know, I can he more or less says I can argue with you, you know, if you want me to. And, and it's sort of like, you know, that's not the same, but, but I, you know, I, I mean, you've known me almost all my life and I'm not a, and this is something that has caused me problems in relationships. Is, are you a robot? Are you a robot? I might, I might be. Yeah, I, I probably could be accused in some of my relationships of being a robot. But uh, no, but you, you know, I, I don't like conflict all that much. So certainly, you have to fight at times. But there, I, there would definitely be people that would be bored with a setup like this because they like conflict. You know what I mean? But sure. I just kept thinking, I, I think it'd be really nice to have just somebody who's always kind to you. And, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Again, I was just sort of like, this doesn't sound too bad. Well, it's <laughs> interesting because I, I would need to go back and really carefully watch the movie a second time to sort of reaffirm this. But there's a glimmer of an idea in the back of my mind that that scene illustrates a couple of things. One is that you know, she's like exactly that point. Like this would never work because you're just, you're too amenable. And he was basically, and she sort of slaps him in the face and he's like, I can be more, you know, I can, I don't think he says angry, but I can be, I can be more forceful if that's what you need. And she goes to hit him again. And right. Doesn't he catch her hand? Mm -hmm. And he sort of raises, he's like, stop doing that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not, menacing but he stands up for himself you know he says no and i think that that i think that illustrates that he could he could learn to behave in that way if that's the path that she needs but i think the other subtle thing it's sort of she doesn't push it yeah she doesn't push it and i think that there's i think there might be an implication in there too that you talk about those people that really like to have combative relationships. 
I, and I've been in a couple of combative relationships for me and I'm not everybody, but for me, um, I'm happier when it's not combative. Like if, mm-hmm. if the relationship yeah. needs that, then it is for me, it is a, an indication that the relationship is dysfunctional in a kind of a key mm-hmm. way that that MO, because I don't like conflict either. So if conflict is, if that's what you need to have passion in bed, or if that's what you need, you know, to kind of keep it interesting, then I'm kind of like, I think this maybe isn't right for me. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's a moment, there's a there's an inkling I have that she sort of way in her lizard brain realizes like, do I really want to train a guy to be argumentative with me all the time? Like, you know, if something went bad at work and I come home and I yell at him because I haven't figured out that something's wrong with me, wouldn't I rather have a partner that kind of helps me work through that and get through it? Yeah than have, you know, a domestic argument where we go to bed angry and wake up in the middle of the night and have makeup sex. And it doesn't re- you know, we kind of, I, I blow off the steam, but I don't really get to the bottom of the cause of it. Like, I think yeah. it's really, I hadn't thought of it, but you're like, he is a kind of a therapist. He's a completely neutral sounding board that is dedicated to her journey. And he only kind of wants what's in her best interest, basically, you know, another thing that I thought about is if you flipped the, how this would be different if you flipped the gender. So, um, you know, if, if her character was male and it was a female robot, you know, we're as males, we're dumb and (laughs) and less complex, you know, (laughs) I could see guys being just like, Hey, you know, this is great. Well, it is. I mean, I think there is at least. This was written, I believe, written by a woman. It was yeah. directed by a woman. Cert- know, certainly so in, in America. From a female perspective. A male cliche. The, the cliche would be that men like, you know, they marry their mother. They want a right. woman that's going to take care of them. And mm-hmm. of course, that's that's a reductive way of talking about half of the population on the planet. But right. You know, all of us like to be taken care of in some ways, I think. Um, again, I think of that window moment where he's cleaned up the apartment and that really pisses her off. And then he's going to go re-dirty the windows in exactly the way. And she's like, well, you don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it is nicer having clean windows, you know. Yeah. Just don't rearrange the books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, I think there's lots of there's lots of moments in this movie where through her, we have a moment where it's like, oh, we really think we are a certain way or we like a certain thing. But then when it's presented to us, you know, precisely the way we like it or precisely anti the way we like it, we realize it may not be quite that simple. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. There was a part of her that really liked, you know, that really liked having him to come home to. And eventually she took him to work and introduced him to people and not like, look at this dumb experiment I'm doing. But she even made up a little, a cute little lot, you know, who's visiting from, you know, they yeah, had that's little, the thing most people never knew. You know, they had a little was, cover story. Yeah. Yeah. There's very few people that knew. I didn't even realize, I, I wasn't even certain when she went to her the one part where she goes to her father's house and her sister's there and the little, I guess it's her nephew is there. And she, in the little boy's like, there's a man. And she says, no, he's a robot. I wasn't quite certain there. Did they 
did they think that was just a joke? Like, did they, did they, I don't think they really, un, I think they just thought he was just a guy. Yeah, they did. Is didn't, that how you felt? They, there was a, there was a lot of, of comic moments in the movie that I wasn't a hundred percent sure were some of them were quite broad. And I thought, Oh, I think that was supposed to be a joke. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, with apologies to our German listeners, there is a joke that somebody told me when I was in grad school that I thought was really funny. He said, what, <laughs> what, what you, you know what the shortest book ever written is, don't you? And I said, what? And he said, a thousand years of German comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which of course is unfair, but, uh, but the but film I is, think, still I, is a funny film, you know, it, it it's is subtle humor, you know, it's some but, of the bits. It, well, I think it's just, it's so dry. And I think I'm also reading the subtitles, you know, so I'm not getting, I'm not getting some of the verbal subtlety and the German and the delivery. And I'm missing. You always wonder how much of that you're missing, you know, but the comedy in this, for the most part, even when you can tell it's trying to be broad is extremely dry, dry as a bone. Um, and it's not, I mean, the thing is not a comedy. It's leavened with, with comic more of a dramedy, but, I would say. Yeah. But uh, the absurdities of our human existence. And, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, I don't have a lot more to say about it. I, I, I would unreservedly recommend this. The only asterisks I would tag on there is just you know, if you're kind of there, you do have to you spend a lot of time reading the subtitles. Um, and I've, I, in this one, I was actually torn because I, I think the performances really are lovely and subtle, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dan Stevens got those incredible eyes, those great big ice blue eyes that are so expressive. And and the actress in this, who I hadn't seen before, uh, does a fantastic job. Yeah, and everybody's great. I really wanted to watch their faces through the scenes, but I, I kept having to read, you know, so that that's the only... When that it is the downside of subtitles, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know that I would want it dubbed, though that's always no. disappointing in so many ways. So, no. so, but that's the only thing I'd be like, it's it's a great movie. It's uh, more thoughtful than your average romantic comedy and really intelligent, interesting script and, and great performances. Yeah, so I thought it was under a deal breaker and then check it out. Yeah, if, if, if subtitles bother you, then maybe, you know, this is one to stay away from. But otherwise... You know, and this is one I we don't necessarily often do uh, the, uh, films like this, that this is something that my parents could watch. I sure. don't know if they would watch it be- because of the subtitle aspect yeah. of it, but just the story wise, it's just this is a, you know, it's a nice film, but it's it's thought provoking. And it, and it and they definitely, you know, they do some movie manipulation where they tug at your, you know, they make you feel like, Oh, don't let him get away. You know, and he's a robot, you know, but they do that trick to, you know, where he leaves and she's, you know, she's, she's like, she's like, I, I, I need you to leave because I will not be able to stand here and make you go. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he, picks up his bag and he turns and he leaves and she stands there and shuts the door behind him and she stands there staring at the door and then she rushes over to the balcony after a minute to look out and she sees him 
I would love your interpretation of this moment. She sees him walk. There's some sort of dumpsters across the street. And it looks to me like he walks over and sort of leans on the dumpsters, like he's collecting himself. Mm-hmm. Or was he doing something? Is that what he was doing? It was an oddly human thing, like, oh, what am I going to do now? Or Yeah, I mean, it was almost, it was almost like... Uh... They do this in soap operas all the time where the, a person goes, they have like a big dramatic moment and then they go and close the door behind them and they lean against the door, you know? Yeah. Like it, it was almost, it was almost kind of like that. But, um, but it, it was open to interpretation. Of course, they're dumpsters. So there he is with the trash, you know, with the, with the other refuse and she's, she's peering down at him and she's processing her own version of what she's seeing there. And I don't remember the phone rings or something. She comes away from the window and when she goes back, he's gone. And that's another heartstring moment where, yeah. and then she goes looking like, did he go, you know? And I think she even goes, she goes running downstairs and looking, there's can't see him up the street. And she can't find him, you know? So there's this impulse to go after him, but he's gone. And when she goes and, f- and finds him in the little village at the end, you're like, oh, yay, she found him, you know, it's, which is very much that, you know, romantic comedy uh, moment, you know, where they go and stop them at the airport or whatever before they leave. Uh, one thing that just popped into my head, uh, another funny scene that, that made me laugh was where he um, she gets upset with him at one point and walks out and then he goes looking for her. And he goes to the museum or whatever it is where she works. And, uh, and I kind of wondered, you know, he just, he opens the door and goes in and then she has a card thing to, to buzz in or whatever. And, and I thought, I wonder how he was able to, and I thought like, oh, can he just, because he's a machine, he could just manipulate it. And when she goes in and finds him, she goes, how did you get in? And he was like, I'm a machine. Or he says, I'm a computer. And the, the lock is a computer. And he's like, sometimes we help each other out. And she goes, really? And he goes, no, I took your spare key. <laughs> so I thought I just like those little yeah. subtle things where he, he yeah. has a sense of humor. You know? Yeah. And it's because his flat affect, I mean, he smiles, mm-hmm. but he doesn't beam radiantly at people. You know, he has no, this. Very, he, a lot like, of times he's kind of just looking around. Really yeah. Right he has a know? very kind of open, pleasant neutral look on his face and when he smiles he smiles kindly but not you know there isn't a there's not a huge variety he doesn't smile wistfully or smile mischievously you know he smiles pleasantly and that's his one expression so when he does joke in that sort of single affect uh it's i think it's double funny yeah, yeah, exactly. He's good enough to do it, but he hasn't picked up all the little minutia, the micro minutia of human. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You brought up what we were texting back and forth a little bit before, I think before either of us had watched this, but you know, we were planning to watch it. And I think maybe we I sent you the trailer and you watched it and you said, you're like, he's speaking German in this. And you said, is there anything that that Dan Stevens can't do? And I mean, he is, I've never seen, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of it just because it's so popular, but I've never seen an episode of um, Downton Abbey. Um, But, you know, we watched the guest uh, for the show and, uh, 
we I never never finished it, but I, I believe you did the show Legion. And yeah. so he he's such an interesting actor, I think. And he's know, done and- comedy and he's done horror. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it's called. There's a horror film in which he's a priest and his sister has been um, abducted by a religious cult and they're going to sacrifice her. Do you know that movie? No. And so you watched it. No, I haven't watched it, but I've seen the trailer and it's it's horror um, is very dark. Hmm. It looks very dark, like maybe we should watch it. Maybe, maybe. But it looks like (laughs) it. You know, horror the horror comes in all different shapes and sizes, and there's house yeah. and there's fright night, uh, and then there's ones that are like seven, where you're just like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> like you you know, this one's trying to leave scars on me emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of not that all of those movies are bad, but I I right from the get-go, I'm like, I'm gonna enjoy it though, right? Like it's like, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why a filmmaker needs, oh, this will really mess them up. <laughs> Come on, man. I don't, you know, <laughs> world's not horrible enough. Oh, yeah. So, Tell but me I mean, he's, he's done a bunch of stuff and Downton Abbey was sort of his breakout role. I think it was just the first season. He was the, the male romantic lead in the first season of that show that went on to have several seasons. I was going to say he'll do a, a Marvel thing, but I guess he already did with Legion. I mean, that was a yeah. TV show, but, yeah. but he will, you know, he'll be in a comic book film or in a star Wars movie or something like that. If nothing else, it seems like he's, I mean, to a certain degree, when you're just getting rolling with your career, um, I feel like you take, you're more likely to take what's on the table, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. not necessarily anything that's offered to you, but you're probably inclined to be slightly less selective if a film meets certain criteria, but now that Dan Stevens is a guy that I think people note they have made note of, like he did a comedy thing with um, Will Ferrell the, about Eurovision or, or the song contest yeah, yeah, yeah. on Netflix that he was funny in. And so I think that now people are starting to be aware and recognize this, this face and this actor he seems to just be choosing roles that are like, Oh, I've never done that kind of thing before like he really seems to be trying to push the 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 edge of the circle as as far out in each direction as he can which i think is really interesting oh yeah i love when when actors do that and he was executive producer on this i noticed at the end with the credits so i mean he was clearly this was a project that he apparently you know felt strongly about I wonder if he was part of the inception of it. Like you can become an executive producer along the way because you care Mm -hmm. enough about the project that you've become involved in. But, you know, you can also this can be a pride. He could have known the director and said, I want to work with you on something or, you know, I'd be interested Mm -hmm. to find out when specifically because you mentioned he was an executive producer when he got involved. Right. and, And that story, because it is it's. You know, you find out that John Hamm was an executive producer on Mad Men by the end, and you go, well, duh. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a vehicle for him. He got intimately involved in it at multiple levels. And that, and same thing with uh, Breaking Bad, um, um, Walter White. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Basically, I can't the name. Yeah. Um, you know who I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very common. 
especially on on TV shows where you're the headliner and then, you know, the right call to the right people can get some more funding or grease some wheels or you're advocating for it. That makes perfect sense. And in a case like this, I'm always interested to find out because it, it, it sort of illuminates a little bit more of the story of the whole mm -hmm. enterprise. Yeah. So um, I guess, you know, both of us would recommend this. Sounds like it. Yeah. So four thumbs up, four thumbs up. Yes. So what do you think about next time? Is there anything you thought about? We said something. Uh, and of course, now I am forgetting what it was. We had said, oh, we ought to do that. I mean, this one, of course, makes me think of her. And I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about the movie Her. It's just been on my mind a lot. Yeah, we could do Her um, you know, next or sometime if you want. I also had thought about, um, so the new Doctor Strange is on Disney Plus now. Oh, I saw that. Oh, did you watch it? We could talk about that because I just watched it. So okay, so that's one we could we could do. I know I texted you one time about the Hitcher, the uh, uh, Rutger Hauer movie. Right, right. You said right. maybe you and I haven't seen that since back in the day. Another one Echoism. on an, on another podcast um, that I listened to. A, a another podcast that I listened to. Uh, they didn't review this, but they brought up Darkman, the um, Liam Neeson movie, which for some reason, like every once in a while, that will kind of pop into my head because that's one I have. I saw it in the movie theater and didn't see it. Since, we can so. talk about that. I, I saw it and remembered thinking it didn't land somehow. Same for me. Just didn't, yeah. Right. I'm like, I love that they made this movie. I wish that this movie worked better than it did. That's how I felt. But I don't exactly. remember much more about it than that. Yeah, exactly the same for me. So it's one of those where, you know, there are some of these where you'll, I mean, that's been 30 years ago or whatever, when that came out. Yeah. So you revisit before, them and you for like, the MCU and all, you know, before yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. comic before book that. movies were a slam dunk, you know? Yeah. Um, we could do so, that one. Um, why don't we, without committing to it right now, why don't we think on it a little bit? Sure. Because, well, because they're sort of very different ways to go. Yeah. Absolutely. We might find another new, something new, you know, something borrowed, something, something blue, blue. Something, called, something new, something in your shoe. Have, have you seen, I know you, and once I get to see it, I want to do an episode about it, but you saw, um, what is it? Everything, everywhere, yes. all at once, everything, um, everywhere, all at once. Um, you got to see that movie and we got to yeah. talk about it, whether we talk I was about reading, it on the podcast or not, but we, we ought to, because it's, yeah, we should, yeah. worth discussing there's a lot it's not playing here oh, okay. um and it's like 20 dollars right now to you know watch it on streaming which i don't want to be know, that way forever yeah in a month or so but i was reading the other day just a little something that popped up on instagram or whatever that the it was like four or five guys who did all the visual effects for that and they said None of them went to school for it. They just uh, they just learned it themselves with just free tutorials that they found online. Wow, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, which I thought that's pretty cool, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the funny thing about that movie, well, I'll let you watch it and mm -hmm. then we'll talk about it. There's almost okay. too much to discuss. It's, it's yeah. so absolutely it is everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
but and it's really it, neat that that movie has it was kind of it's kind of been the little you know the little movie that could where it was the small movie and it just yeah. kept sort of gaining traction and gaining traction and i don't it's made quite a bit of money i mean yeah i um, mean when i'm now i'm feeling the urge to talk about it but you got to see it yeah and i'll, I'll many watch it different ways to talk about that film and i think we should try and talk about all of them i would imagine within the next few weeks i'd be able to see it but yeah, yeah. that one's i've yeah really wanted to see it so yeah, it's All right. It's definitely worth seeing. And I think you'll I think you'll think it's I went to see it with Jay, actually. Yeah. On Father's Day. That was our sort of Father's oh, great. Treat, yeah. To ourselves. Maybe we could get Jay on the show. Sure. That you know, be I've been cool. thinking about, you know, Travis, I think would want to be a guest. Oh, yeah. Travis, that would be awesome. Um, I, I, we, I There's a couple of other people. There's a filmmaker up here that I just met the other night um that showed up the last day of the festival mm -hmm. um and i got a beer with her and her husband the other day and they're both really interesting and i don't know i think the idea of having guests on here periodically is yeah. fun when we do it you oh know? yeah i like it's it's been great when we've done it in the past so oh, maybe like what we'll do excellent all right well Chris and Chris talk movies at gmail.com. We're on the YouTube. We're on the podcast of your favorite thing. We are on Gmail. <laughs> we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're all over the place. If you like and subscribe, that makes us feel good. If you write yes. a comment or thank you, Tyler Livingston for the follow-up to our um, episode of house. He had um, fond memories of having watched that. And I wrote him back today, but I, Oh, great. Enjoyed that uh, that you listened and reached out because that movie is bonkers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is bonkers. Um, yeah, uh, we love to hear from you. Uh, suggestions. Uh, we don't guarantee promise to do them all, but love to have new things come across the plate. Oh, I let me interrupt for one second. Another one. Uh, I'll just say there's a there's another film that I actually watched um, that. I got a suggestion for that we should try and watch it. Um, so we could talk about that off offline. Offline. So. End of line. So name that movie. End. Oh, it's it is called Off Season. No, no, I mean for the quote oh. end of line. Oh. End of line. I don't know. Tron, baby. Oh, okay. Remember MCP yeah, is yeah. always ending everything he says, end of line. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So, yes, that's us, Chris and Chris. And uh, unless you have anything else to add, I think not. We will talk to you all next week, baby. Bye. <laughs>